Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Play together, they believe. Um, it cares Levert. It's cold. Levert. Back in. Speed. Oh, he's a one-man wrecking crew. Holiday. Shot clock down to six. Finds one. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Indy Corn Roast Podcast. This is your host, Mark Schindler, coming at you right after the first uh I would say playoffs, but play in. Uh, Tom, the the Indiana Pacers are the first nine seed to ever advance in the playoffs. Uh, so there's that. We can hang, hang our hats on that. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing well. I mean, I, I feel like with this performance, it's, um, you know, not going out on a limb to say that Pacers are the best play in team of all time at this point. So, yeah, pretty good start. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, too bad Domas just can't score. Um, apparently, that means he's terrible. So, he's clearly not an all-star. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. You know. Scoring yeah. gravity doesn't exist, apparently. I just – I uh, that's the only negative thing that I have to talk about. I just want to get out of the way right now. I don't understand <laughs> Nate Duncan's bit with that. Nate Duncan is a really smart person. He knows what he's talking about for the most part. But I've just gotten to the point where I just – I don't I don't understand what, what, he's, what his deal is with Sabonis at all because it's weird to me. Like – Domas did not score well in the first half, but he had a, I mean, he had an awesome game today and everything that the Pacers did was because of Sabonis. Like all of the open shots they hit was because Charlotte was adjusting their defense completely to try and stop him. And, uh, you know, Domas played awesome. Like, I I don't, I don't know what, what else you want. Was it his best game ever? No, but considering that his 14, 21 and nine, is not his best game ever. That's pretty damn good. So, uh, yeah, it's a very good game for Domas. Obviously, Pacers win o- overall 144 to 117, and it was not really that close. Um, I mean, what's your initial takeaway? Yeah, I mean, that, that this is the strangest hill to die on for Nate yeah. Duncan. I mean, that, and the, the beauty of Sabonis is, like, it it's so consistent production and impact. You know, I mean, you know, um, even if he's not scoring, he's going to be helping this team win, and that's what he was doing today. Um, and, I mean, God, dang it, in the first half, he was getting hammered. If he was not, when the game was running out of control, I mean, he just, you know, the Pacers just stopped getting whistles, and he definitely stopped getting whistles as well. But regardless, you know, he's there flirting with another triple-double, as he has been for, what, the last six weeks when he's been playing? Um, so yeah, it was, um, just overall the, um, energy of that team and the effort was just, you know, alarming to see how, how well they could play. And also, you know, officially this isn't the playoffs, but it was a playoff game as far as how it was played and the energy and the intensity and Charlotte on the other side, you know, um, you know, they don't have Gordon Hayward and they're young. Their key guys are young and they were, you know, they were, they showed it, you know, they, they weren't ready for that next level of uh, intensity. And, um, um, you know, you never know how these games are going to go, but it was kind of surprising to see that it, it played out like a, a major league playoff game, you know, and the Pacers were ready for it and it showed. Yeah. Right from the get go. 
Yeah, definitely. And I don't I don't want to sound reductive. Um, I still think regardless, the Pacers are winning this game, but it is worth noting, you know, in a, in a winner take all game shooting variance matters a lot. And the Pacers shot 46 percent from three, which, you know, that that very rarely happens for them this year. And when they do do it, they're winning. Uh, and Charlotte yeah. shot 30 percent from three. And that, that was a huge difference. Even even then, if you if you uh, equate it down, um, like it's still a Pacers win pretty comfortably, but just point being, yeah, that's, that's something I am oh, yeah. interested to see how that plays out in the next game, because again, uh, shooting variance does not tend to be on your side twice in a row. So uh, that will be really key. And we'll find out later tonight, I suppose, uh, who the Pacers will be playing on Thursday and we'll do a pot on that probably tomorrow. Um, but yeah, point being like that, that's, it's worth noting because water was wet today from the outside oh, yeah. for the Pacers. They were firing I mean, on all cylinders. Anything. <laughs> and, and, you know, McDermott, just from the get-go, you know, hitting those early threes, just like boom, boom, boom. He looked like um, Glenn Rice out there, man. It was it Yeah, was I mean, it was just haymaker time. They just um, stunned, the, stunned the Hornets like that. And really thinking back to the on the Hornets side of things, that they weren't shooting that well, but they weren't getting ready looks either. They, I mean, they were kind of, um, you know, everything was, I think their game plan got shot, <laughs> um, excuse me, early and they were kind of scrambling and, and it, you know, they just weren't able to ever adjust and, and get their footing. Um, and the pitchers just kept grinding their way. And even when the, you know, even the reserves got in there and uh, they were loose and, and running it, um, it was, it was just a good night overall, but yeah, I mean, how many games you see where McDermott comes out and he's missing those first couple shots. And then, you know, he's kind of not that big a factor tonight. It was just like, you know, he was heat checking midway through the first quarter um, and they were off to the races. So you're, yeah, you're, you're not going to be able to rely on that same um, say plan. The next game playing out the same way it did tonight. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was really interesting because the Hornets have not been a good half court team for most of the year, and a lot of that is because Gordon. I mean, with especially with Gordon Hayward out, that exacerbates it. So playing against a team yeah. like either the Celtics or, or Wizards, who have much better, or I wouldn't I shouldn't even say better, but guys who are uh, just better half court players overall, will will make a difference too. Um, I also there James Borrego's comments before the game were like kind of wild, and I really like James Borrego as a coach. I like what he's done in Charlotte talking to my friends who cover the team like they they have solid opinions of him but his quote before the game was basically like we're gonna go play we're gonna he said we're going to out joy and out hustle them and I was like oh that's <laughs> what is the game plan and I, I mean very much so for for a lot of the game I was like I, I could it took me like halfway through the game to be like what is what are the Hornets trying to do here but yeah it just uh it reminds you a lot of seeing I mean we're not really used to it with the Pacers teams because they're never like as young as the, um, as the Charlotte team is, but like just very much so felt like a team that was kind of out of its depth in a playoff atmosphere. And, you know, that's why you go to the playoffs. You need that environment to, to figure yeah. out what you're doing there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was really fun to watch the battle of, uh, of, of Cody Zeller and, and Domas bonus. So I think both have like, I, I don't think anybody gets hit in the face more in the NBA than Domas or Cody Zeller. Um, so to see both of them endure that today was certainly uh, something. Uh, I, I you, you know me, I'm usually very much so not on the the whistles being bad train, but I Domas got just absolutely hammered like multiple times. It was better in the second half, 
partially because he didn't have to play as much, but in the first half, like, oh my yeah. god, like some of the some of the shots he took, I was like, whoa, what is uh what is happening here? Where's where's the whistle, Tony Brothers? I, I think there has to be something there, but um, yeah, it was it was interesting. So, question for you though, how did you? What was your initial thought when the uh, the all bench lineup came out in at the end of the first? And continued into the second because I immediately was like, oh, God. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just was, like, very interested to see what that was about. And uh, it ended up working out okay. But that usually that is when the tide starts to turn after the Pacers get a massive lead in the first quarter. Yeah, it was it was such a lead that, you, you know, you, you felt like, oh, okay, we've seen this story before. This game is not over, you know, as, as you're saying. Um, and I felt like, you know, I, I think I tweeted at one point, it's like, it, it felt like they were playing with house money there. And, and there were a few possessions in a row. I think they went about three possessions in a row, getting nothing and getting nothing quick. Um, and it looked like, oh boy, it was starting to kind of potentially have the momentum go the wrong way. Um, and I know, you know, maybe through that second quarter, whatever it was, that Sabonis and Bradman got up. And got in the game, but yeah, um, you know, I felt like those guys played, you know, overall, overall, all the way through the end of the game, they played great, and and for a stretch there, they they were fine, but um, I, I felt like it, it was definitely one of those situations where I don't know if you would have gone with that full lineup, um, were they not up so big, uh, but uh, you know, in, in that situation, I feel like it was it was fine and. It, it didn't end up hurting them at all, obviously. And um, gosh, I mean, you've seen some of these guys now on the bench, and, and Keelan Martin in particular. My goodness, starting to play for that a swagger. Awesome. Let he alone, has, it has been so I mean, awesome <laughs> seeing Keelan, like completely different player from a month ago. Um, yeah. Just to see the, I mean, he, he took the second most shots on the team today. Um, yeah. Again, part of that's just you know the role that he was given with. Um, you know, the way things worked out and him actually getting a lot more run because of, um, you know, the the team just by virtue of being up 30 points, you're going to get to take a lot more shots than, than you probably would. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say he's going to be part of the playoff rotation, but, like, I, I wouldn't say that he's not going to be part of the playoff rotation or at least next game, I should say. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but, um, yeah. Well, I mean, he might not be in there after they sweep the Sixers, but, Probably in that first round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, they, they have to they have to win the next game first. But uh, I also would say, too, Goga. Goga had a good game today. Oh, he, and he needed he that because like he, he really struggled. Like we talked about it on the last pod. Um, he really just had been kind of off since the Sacramento game, which makes sense given the contents of the Sacramento game. Um, but he was fantastic tonight. Uh, and uh, he just felt really emphatic. He had a couple of really nice blocks. Um like there was one, I don't remember who, I think it was Terry Rozier who drove on him and he, he got a really clean block on it. Pretty, um, just good verticality. Um, it was good to see from him tonight. He really established himself. And I mean, he got to the line eight times, which was over half of the Pacers attempts at the line. So that was, uh, it was nice to see him be really assertive. Yeah. And, and you know, he uh, just kind of put backs. I mean, things came to him. He, he wasn't trying to do too much and, and, um, he probably really made that that type of a game. The way it played out was was perfect. So that should have him in a good mind frame for whatever they may need from him um, on Thursday. Um, and yeah, the thing you know with playing that bench and, and the way it 
played out, you know, um, Malcolm Brogdon coming back after so much time off didn't have to play that many minutes. Yes. Um, they were able to get Edmund Summers some run, but not too, you know, I mean, he didn't play that much. So they got, you know, guys that they want to probably lean on a little bit more, maybe in the next game, um, you know, get, got them going a little bit. So um, it really couldn't have worked out much better. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I was that was something I tweeted about early in the game. I was like, it'll be interesting to see how the rotation plays out because we're pretty used to Malcolm, you know, having to play a ton, especially you know the looking at the entire last quarter, he's playing most of the time. Um, and luckily, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, that worked out okay. And he looked, I mean, I thought he looked really good tonight. He obviously yeah, just with a good stat line, sixteen and eight in twenty minutes is pretty good. But uh, yeah, I mean, point being, I thought he looked fine. Uh, mobility wise, and just he looked comfortable. It, it didn't look like he was missing a beat or anything. Yeah, absolutely. He came out, hit that first shot, and it was like, okay, he is back. And um, I, I thought he played, played pretty well. So, you know, obviously, we won't be seeing him and Levert and Simonis and, and seeing how they may be addressing that, um, which is something I was real interested in seeing here, um, hopefully. But, um, but be that as it may, I mean, at least he was he was able to, you know, uh, play, have have some impact, and and also, um, you know, seems like he should be full throttle, ready to go for um, whoever they have to play on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'm I'm excited for that too because he, uh, I'm glad that he could get back on court. I was a little bit worried that maybe he would miss t- tonight's game and uh, would would miss out on getting to play just end the season. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that, that was nice. And also Ed, I mean, Ed, like the energy, he, again, he only played seven minutes, felt like he played 30 because of how much energy he was I mean, putting I felt like, like he played more than that as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to look at the lines, like, you know, he played seven minutes. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, his I mean, speed and, and, um, I mean, he, he had a couple of possessions with LaMelo that was, was great where he, I mean, it was just like his athleticism and length and speed was just a problem. And you know that was probably only less than a minute of time, but that that just sticks him out in my mind, and that, that's probably why I feel like he played more. But um, uh, yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was uh, get, you know again good to see him out there as well, just like Malcolm. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> agree. Um, I'm do- oh yes, okay. So this is I mean what we're supposed to end on uh, two things, I guess. Number one, T.J. McConnell, of course, had a fantastic oh. game. I think TJ McConnell, I, I don't remember who tweeted it. One of some somebody that I, I follow tweeted it, or one of my mutual friends retweeted it and I saw it. Uh, and they were like, TJ McConnell is uh is going to be like the all-time leader in play in game MVPs. And I was like, you know, that's that's pretty true. <laughs> like I, I it sounds crazy, but like if you had to pick one guy off the roster to go, obviously, you know, not in terms of just talent, but in terms of what you know, you know they're gonna be able to bring it for 40 minutes. Um, a guy who's going to to just make saying winning plays sounds so reductive. I hate saying stuff like that, but that's just like TJ McConnell's the guy I'll make the exception for. Um, he was just awesome. He did everything tonight. Uh, I, 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 it's so fun watching him play. Like it's just so erratic, but but controlled at the same time. Like the pace is crazy, but um, he picks his spots and he just knows where to get everybody. It's uh, man. 
Yeah, I, I, I yeah. can't speak highly enough on TJ. I feel like we don't even hit on him enough sometimes because we're just so used to – I mean, his, he's so consistent. We know what we're getting yeah. from him. And what, what we've gotten from him is just impressive. Like, he's been so good this year and highlighted that really tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, in a lot of ways it's similar to Sabonis. You're saying, you know, you get that consistent um, level of production that you, you, you know, come to – um, take for granted almost uh, that's going to be there, and um, but yeah, I mean, he had, he had that that jump and fade away going tonight from all angles, and uh, the, the one he hit right at the it was right at the half, um, uh, to be the buzzer was was beautiful. Um, and you know, textbook signature play from him where it's like you know, they're just scrambling and he's hustling to make it happen and, and get to their spot. It's that fadeaway and uh, it's money. But, he, you know, I mean, the way he just keeps pushing the ball and pushing it. And, you know, they, they played at a pace tonight at times. That was awesome. I mean, it was like they didn't have to worry about what defense Charles was throwing at them because they were, they were just getting the ball up before the defense could really settle in on them in the half court a lot of times. So, um, and, and, you know, as, as we're talking about, you know, with that second unit, when he's out there, you know, you feel good about whoever's out there around him. <laughs> that uh, somebody's going to get up and he's he, or he's going to make a play, and and uh, it's just a matter of who's going to be able to knock down the shots. And I mean, you know, overall, like you said earlier at the beginning, everybody was for the most part hitting shots, so um, it was all working tonight, and um, that's a beautiful thing because because you know, there's nights where he's putting in that same kind of effort, but the whole team as a whole isn't as productive. But um, you, you know what you're going to get from TJ every night, and really, it is. You're right. We, we kind of take it for granted, I think, um, night in, night out. But um, when you consider all of the crazy injuries and everything that's gone on this year with this team, um, the leadership he's shown and the consistency to keep this thing afloat, at this point, is um, unbelievable. So, um, kudos to TJ. Yeah, most definitely. And then, I mean, the last player we got to talk about, unless there's anybody else you want to hit on after, but I, O'Shea Brissett, man. I, oh, I was going to say, unless you, don't, unless you don't say O'Shea. <laughs> he was so good. Uh, God dang it. Another guy, like like I was mentioning about Keelan Martin, or like, just like, the, the swagger level and the confidence just you keep building with that guy. My God, it's just he's just a good um good fit out there with the bonus and you know and on both ends of the floor. God, awesome. Yeah. The uh some of the craft he had like he he was flashy around the rim tonight. Uh, a couple really nice dunks. He had that lob. The one lob. I mean, we saw more lobs tonight in a in a Pacers game than I think we saw in a in a forty game stretch last year. Um, and I that's not even underselling it. It feels like. Um, I mean, yeah, Osh- what he brings to the rim. I mean, attacking the rim has been fun. Like again, he's not somebody who you're expecting to get downhill all the time, but like when he gets there, it's just been fun. He, he had a really really nice impactful moves cutting off ball uh, a lot of a lot of them uh, a lot of times gosh I can't even speak tonight um he was on the receiving end of a lot of uh, Sabonis passes too and playing off of his gravity mm-hmm. the three continues to fall for him which it just continues to amaze me that it's falling at that level um 
he was just so impactful uh, and defensively too. I mean, he continues to be really, really damn good defensively. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't have anything extra nuanced to, to add to it. He's just been, he continues to do the things that we're not sure that he's going to be able to keep doing because we're, I mean, this is not, we're not even a game 40 of O'Shea Brissett yet. And it's just, uh, it's been, I mean, it's been pretty wild to watch. Yeah. And, and, I mean, even when you watch him shoot the three, it, he's so confident. I, I feel like I don't know about that form, but it's like it's money. And he, you're right, he's confident. And I mean, his whole game is is confident at both ends. And the spot he's playing is, is so valuable right now with, with Miles out. And I, I mean, you talk about. All the bad stuff that's happened this year. I mean, the fact that they got him in here on the 10 days, locked him up with the contract, you know, that's really favorable to the team, uh, which I hate talking about numbers and all that, but it's, you know, it's NBA. It's, it's part of the deal. And, um, I mean, that's one of the major, major bright spots of the season. And he just continues to, to build on that. Um, it's, it's been, uh, you know, just fantastic. You can see the impact he can have and, and, you know, it's kind of that type of a, a player, um, is not really that easy to find. You know, I mean, we talk about the fat young type of player. Um, and I know, you know, I was talking with, or not talking with, I was listening to J. Michael podcast with Derek Schultz and he was talking about how, you know, they need a, a leader type of a guy like, uh, Thad Young, um, you know, going into next year. But as far as the playing type of guy, I mean, um, Brissett has been been bringing that that type of dynamic, um, you know, wing player uh, like Thad Young had, and um, you know that that type of skill set is really nice to have. And the fact that they've kind of, however they stumbled into it, they they have him now, and um, so that. It's a great thing to to add to the to the uh, you know to whatever they're going to be putting together for next season. Um, and heck, now they're still going, and he's still rolling as well. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree, and I, I think it, it brings up a lot of good points, though, because again, like we've talked about this before, but finding that veteran presence can be really important for next year because they just yeah. outside of yeah. TJ and. Um, I mean, I guess you could even considering Malcolm a veteran is is different. Like, because I, I think you you think of like like you're mentioning like a guy like Thad. I mean, Thad was. I, I mean, like Malcolm's been in the league for a, a decent amount now, but like a guy like Thad had been in the league for almost a decade by the time he's you know the the vet on on the Pacers, and um, you, you need that kind of stuff. Like guys who have been through all these playoff series and. Um, just experienced every kind of different situation in the locker room. Like part of what made Thad really good is he'd been a journeyman, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the Pacers were the first team that he, he really settled down with after moving around a bunch from Philadelphia. And, um, you know, it's important to have that voice in the locker room and, and know all that, uh, get, get knowledge from somebody who's been through it all before. Um, I guess I would say too, right now, uh, based on my, my Twitter timeline, Bradley Beal is not playing well tonight <laughs> and does not look good. Um, which yeah, I hope that he's oh. okay. Cause he has not been, I mean, he, he clearly was playing hurt the last game and it appears that he right, is right. also hurt tonight, which is not good. Um, I never like that guys play through injury. I just think that gets, uh, it, we, we, 
here we uh try and make it sound all heroic but it's i just i think it a lot of times it's not great but um so we don't we don't know until gosh probably 11 or 11 30 tonight who the pacers will play on thursday but we'll of course be back uh tomorrow to, to preview that but do you have anything else you want to add on tonight's game or, or headed into tomorrow uh on this game um no i you know and I don't want to sound this may come off pessimistic, but I felt like, you know, this this effort tonight and this this game putting away it was just like um and, and the fact that it was at home, which, you know, could possibly be the last home game of the season. And um they ended up with a decent crowd there. I, I for a while I didn't think um it was kind of a late arriving crowd. Um and you know, with all the distancing and everything, it's hard to tell, but I was just comparing it to the Lakers crowd the other night. Um, but it, it was such a good show at home. Um, and honestly, it was on TNT, which is rare for the Panthers to play well on national TV, let alone, you know, there's a lot of um, um, families and, and people um, who haven't been able to watch Pacers because of the streaming stuff with Valley Sports. I know my son had friends overnight to watch the game um because it was on tnt so they could watch it um and you know there's a lot of people, so it, it was just nice to see that they were able to put on a great show you know that last home game at the field house possibly last home game at the field house um and you know go out like that so um that was that was something i kind of thought of that as the game was winding down it was it was such a positive vibe inside the field house and no more people were watching. And then you had the, you know, all the national people who were tweeting about the Pacers who you knew hadn't watched them play more than five minutes all year because of the way they were tweeting, which is always fun as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, interesting. you know, just overall, it was just such a good night to, uh, to have that for the Pacers. So, uh, you know, now going forward, we'll see how they can do on Thursday, but at least they have this night, right? Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm not trying to, I'll, I'll, I'll add some pessimism on top of that too. Um, <laughs> this is just one playing game. Uh, the wizards were in a really rough downturn the last month. Um, the credits of the guys for how they played tonight, but this doesn't erase how things have gone. Uh, it doesn't change how things have gone uh, over the last, last month. And I, I, I don't like that it's being spun as like some feel good story. I don't think this is – I mean, we'll see what happens on Thursday and then go from there. Uh, I'm not trying to be the, uh, you know, the, the pessimistic person, but, you know, what? actually, no, I am. I, I'm, it's not even being pessimistic. I'm bringing levity to it. It's just real. This is being honest. Like, Realist. this team is yeah. not about to go on some ridiculous playoff run and win a bunch of games and everybody's going to be happy. It, there's real stuff going on that the, the reporting has died down. It's all out there. Uh, the guys are winning a couple games now, so maybe, you know, it's not shining through as much and – there's damage control, but uh, yeah, there's, there's still a lot under the surface that, uh, that that's there. So, but anyways, okay. I'm, I'm excited to cover another game on Thursday and see these guys play their asses off. Cause that, at least that part has been there. We will be back on Thursday for uh hopefully, I mean, we'll be back tomorrow to preview whoever, uh, whoever the game is against, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom, you have anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Now we're ready, ready for the next one. Awesome. Sounds good. All Do right. That, baby. To everyone listening, thank you for listening. Of course, be sure to go rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. Of course, read us at Indie Cornrows. And most importantly, have a good rest of your day.